a lot of advertising is also targeted at kids. And it's not fair to have that in a public street where you can't turn it off, you can't change the channel, you can't put it on mute. There's sparkly adverts out there that are influencing people in ways we don't understand. High on a hill in Purdown in Bristol, you can gaze out across the city. There's a small patch that really stands out as if an artist has created a landscape with crayons then decided to colour a small part of it with felt tips instead. This bright patch is a huge advertising billboard on the M32, one of many digital boards which have steadily been replacing the traditional advertising boards on Bristol's roads over the last few years. Now BT wants to install 27 smaller monoliths on our streets, which will not only be broadcasting adverts, but also supplying Wi-Fi and surveillance technology. But opposition to digital advertising is growing, so it's not guaranteed that they'll be able to do this. One organisation that's determined to try and stop them is the campaign group Adblock. On this week's show, I spoke to Veronica Wignall and Tommy Chavenne about their mission to keep large corporations away from these spaces and leave them to their communities. Veronica and Tommy, it'd be really nice just for us to hear just a tiny little bit about you both before we start saying anything else. Um, just a little bit of orientation. How about you, Veronica, first? Yeah, sure. Um... Yeah, so I'm Veronica. Um, at the moment, I'm coordinator of Adblock Bristol, and I've been part of the group um, since about 2021, early that year. And before that, I was actually a bee scientist. So I was researching foraging bees and how they oh, wow. like collect nectar and pollen and how other bees do the same. Um, and then just got really, really interested in the issue of advertising, and that's, I guess, why I'm part of the group. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Tommy, what about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been part of Adblock for uh, maybe two, three, maybe three, probably more around a three to four year mark. Um, and I am a cameraman and a filmmaker. Um, and I've been advertising, very passionate about uh, how uh, advertising dominates public space. And it was a real problem when I used to live in London. So when I came to Bristol and I found that block existed and this group existed, I got really excited and got straight in it. So, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I, I'm just never failed to be amazed by all the talented people in Bristol. And you just look, here we have here, a filmmaker and a bee, well, not bee expert necessarily, but somebody who knows about bees. Um, right, OK, so where do we begin? Let's begin with, if you can just tell us a little bit more about Adblock, what it is, what it does. Sure. Adblock started in 2017 um, as a resistance to the amount of corporate outdoor adverts we have in the city. Um, so Bristol's actually not too bad for adverts, like there's not too many and we can come on to how we kind of work to make sure that it doesn't accelerate in the same way it has in other cities. But there's still more than we'd like, like billboards, big high level ones like the ones you see over the M32, um, digital screens like on Lawrence Hill Roundabout. Um, bus stop advertising screens or paper adverts and they're kind of everywhere wherever you look and the way that Adblock works is yeah we're, we're like a group of people who for lots of different reasons whether that's people who are street artists or um, people who are members of like walking societies people who are cyclists people just who are mums and concerned about their kids or just 
gen generally a lot of different people come to the group with one aim, which is to just stop advertising spreading. Mm. We just want less of it and we also want it to be less harmful. Mm. Can I just ask something that occurred to me as I was sort of, because I was looking at the Adblock um, website this morning. It, it must be really hard to measure the effect of advertising. I mean, do you have you looked? You must have looked into this, I'm assuming. But do you, I, it seems such a difficult thing to measure. Yeah, it is tricky because it sort of affects a huge amount of different areas of people's lives. It affects mental health. It affects like you know, it, it's there when people go to work. It's there when people come home to work. It often mm. like affects us in the times when we really like don't really need it at all. Um, it's placed in places like bus stops and you know places where people just are trying to just get on without being told that they need to buy stuff, um, and it makes people feel inferior. You know, it has lots of different effects on yeah. people. But we have done some measurement actually ourselves. So Ablock Bristol ran a testimonials project, and we put a call out for people who lived near the M32 screens to get in touch if if they were and how they were affected by the screens. And we were really surprised, like more than 100 people got back in touch and sent us really heartfelt statements about how those screens are affecting them every single day. That's um, a lot, 100 people. Yeah. It just so happens, because I saw some of those, and I, yeah, I was really struck by them. Um, I've, and so I just put a couple here in my notes. Um, the billboard light shines into our bedroom window. This is Lucy from Easton. The billboard light shines into our bedroom window. The billboards are horrible to look at and affect my sleep. My home looks out onto the motorway. Every time I look out of my bedroom window, I see a large digital screen glaring at me. It obscures my view. It's grotesque and bright and makes me feel angry that companies are flashing their advertisements in my home and trying to sell me their product. Mm. Um, Toby from Redfield says, I find them impossible to ignore and this makes me feel resentful that people are allowed to dominate that stretch of road to try and sell something. And then Jade says, it feels like a horrible dystopian nightmare. They're distracting. They feel intrusive. Um, and somebody said something like, it makes us feel that they don't care about where we live. And I thought that I can imagine, because I was thinking, yeah, I, I find it difficult to imagine that they put a billboard like that on a scale like that in Clifton, say. I mean, I know they're going with, presumably they put them where there are big roads. That's what seems to happen. But even so, people live there. Yeah, they usually pop up in uh, low-income areas mm -hmm. and where people don't feel they have the time or the strength to stop them being put up. Um, and, yeah, it, it's, it makes people feel like their, their space, their personal space, the places where they live don't really matter. And it's a place that, where selling is the main thing that should, mm -hmm. that should take hold. We get that a lot, people saying, well, it wouldn't happen in Clifton. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's the obvious one in a way. No, it's isn't true, it? though. It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right. So, to cut to the chase now, then, um, the the main reason that you've come in today is because of these uh, the BT hubs. Could you tell us for people for somebody who does have no idea what these things are? Yeah. Could you tell us? Yeah, for sure. So, what you said about all those people who are affected by the M32 screens. So one of the main things that Ablock does is this really positive action that everybody can do. And what it is, is if an application comes through for a new digital screen, it is possible to make a comment to the council to say that you don't want it. 
And the more people that do that, the more likely that screen is rejected. And that's how Adblock works. We set up after those M32 screens were put up and we've blocked 40 giant digital billboards like those with the help of everybody in the community. We let them know that it's happening. Say, look, there's this new screen. It's going to be, here's where it is. Um, and here's how to make a comment. And then people object. And so what we're calling for now is a mass objection to a new raft of applications for 27 new advertising units. 27? So oh, these God, aren't big so screens many. like the ones on the M32. They're much smaller. They're about one metre wide, three metres tall, and they are double-sided advertising units that stand on the pavement, basically like a big monolithic structure that's just three in your way. Three metres is high, isn't it? Three metres high, yeah, yeah. It looms over you and it mm. flares out adverts and it's distracting to drivers. And uh, mm. each one of those units uses the same electricity as three UK homes. Wow. And so there's so many reasons why we want those... Uh, pavement ad units not to come to Bristol mm. and it's a really positive story because we can, we can block them and we have already blocked a lot of adverts coming from Bristol and we basically need everybody's help to do that. This is the thing isn't it when you're successful of course it's actually sometimes quite difficult to see the work you're doing because we don't mm. know because it's not there and so actually what it's that counterfactual of what Bristol the landscape might be looking like if Adblock hadn't been around for the last few yeah, years. It's, true. it's difficult to visualise that. It is quite, yeah. Yeah, like 40, 40 big digital billboards in the city makes a huge difference to the landscape. I mean, if you go up to uh, where the BT Tower is and you have that beautiful view of Bristol, you can really clearly can see, see these ones on the M32. Mm. They just shine. And yeah. like that's just two. Yeah. So, it, I mean, yeah, you can't see what it would be like without, but we can see how much like those yeah. two have such a presence. Yeah. No, absolutely. And these, um, these, these hubs that BT want to install, they're not just for advertising, are they? They're more than that. Is that right? They're about Wi-Fi and... Yeah, they have Wi-Fi. They have uh, cameras. There's, there's sort of cameras in, involved. There's, there's ways for them to uh, trace through, uh, trace public through Wi-Fi. So um, they are... What, what our friends and so there's also an Adblock group in Lambeth um, and other parts of the of the country as well but the group in Adblock called them in Lambeth called them something like um, they are a public service or advertising masquerading as a public service so BT says hey here's this unit you can do a free call out of it and it will give you free Wi-Fi and the downside of those are Antisocial behaviour, so in all these applications, BT has put in its own antisocial behaviour management plan because these units quite often used for people making free calls for drug deals. I saw that. 20,000 <laughs> 20, sales. In two weeks yeah, in one of those units, yes. Yeah. phenomenal. And the Wi-Fi is a really interesting one because it, yeah, may, it is a public service perhaps, but it also means that those units have the ability to track us as we move through the city. So it tracks onto your Wi-Fi and there's been studies to show that that basically means that we are under surveillance that we don't really understand and BT keeps this quite vague um, and it's a kind of emerging field of understanding of how how advertising actually is also functioning as a way to track us understand our movements understand our choices and then to target us with ads whether that's 
in the street or on our phones or online and that is happening yeah i mean we we are like very aware of some of the technologies that are coming out from the ad, the uh, ad companies like clear channel for instance like they really rave on and are what excited is clear channel? so clear channel is one of the main like outdoor advertising companies you've got jc the global clear channel uh, prime site um and the the st- what they're moving into now is uh, advertising that that is able to track the consumer from the activity that they do online and then hopefully take that targeted advertising onto the streets as well so they just get a huge amount more like efficient hyper targeted advertising to the public mm-hmm. and you know when you look on you can look at some of the technology that's coming out they're really beaming about it mm-hmm. but this sort of creepy targeted advertising mm-hmm. on our streets is something that we just do not want no, you're at right. all it's really insidious isn't it um, and and it becomes harder and harder to kind of s- s- to spot and and sort of deal with um, because I was thinking that <laughs> I was trying to thinking about sort of being devil's advocate and thinking when I was younger I used to love adverts sometimes that like the really good ones. Oh, it's all going out now. Yeah, because they're yeah because they're really funny <laughs> and they're really, yeah. like the Git Guinness ads. They're really artistic and and some of the jingles. You know, you still remember them from my god decades ago. But now it is so much more mm. insidious. Yeah, my dad and, walks around singing ad jingles from ages ago. Yeah. Like, I like to hear it. It's nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, no, you've, I know. you've caught something interesting because a lot of advertising is also targeted at kids. And it's not fair to have that in a public street where you can't turn it off, you can't change the channel, you can't put it on mute. There's sparkly adverts out there that are influencing people in ways we don't understand, and you can't. That's why Adblock Bristol focuses on outdoor adverts and billboards in particular, because it's the one thing that you have to walk past and you can't turn it off. Yeah, and and those things, those big ones on the M32, they really are dystopian. I just think of Blade Runner, and when I pass yeah. them, it just looks like that landscape. It's horrendous. And so it's the danger of the danger for drivers is something that's sort of really difficult to prove as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw how much uh, how important it's been for it to make using mobile phones illegal in cars because of the distraction that it causes, and yet somehow it's okay to have big moving screens and screens mm-hmm. and digital bright mm-hmm. screens on the side of roads mm-hmm. because there's no actual way if you crash that you'd be able to prove that it was yeah. because of the screen with stuff that you have to read as well i mean it might mm. be short but even so Mm-mm-mm. um so right okay so all these hubs so if people want to object to them should they it, presumably the easiest thing is to go on the adblock website is it yeah mm. right so okay. our website is adfreecities.org.uk slash bristol so that's Ad free cities, A-D-F-R-E-E-C-I-T-I-E-S dot org dot UK slash Bristol. And you can find all the information in our blog on there. Or you can email us at adblockbristol at gmail.com and we can support you through objecting to those street hubs. I think we can block them. There's a really good chance we can stop them happening. Fantastic. Okay. So it's you're not just about blocking advertising are you you there is this other the flip side to what you do which is the much more positive side of what can move into that that hole what it so what is that what is he what is it you want to see on the streets rather than advertising um well i mean one of the things is to focus on uh the health of the city and community uh and art and celebrating what's happening within the city and what people are doing within it instead of it being dominated by big corporate companies that have no real interest in in the city itself. 
apart from just the seller stuff. Yeah. So that's one thing that we're really, really excited about and also try and uh, put a lot of focus on. Um, and in St. Werbergs, we've, we've got uh, an, art, an art space. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, we have a community arts billboard in St. Werbergs. So we have repurposed a disused billboard um, which might normally be sending messages about McDonald's or uh, EE or any number of yeah, corporate advertising. And what we do is we work with local artists and local residents and we create artworks that better represent us in St. Werbergs, in Bristol, our communities, our art um, and, we, and things we're proud of. And we paste those up. So we have an installation day every now and then where we put up a new artwork and it's welcome for all to come and join and we sort of celebrate how art can replace ads and how we have mm. a much better sense of connection to our community through that. Actually, recently we did a really nice... Yeah, Tommy, do you want to talk about the paint by numbers? Yeah, we did uh, one recently, yeah, paint by numbers idea. So, you know, like when you've got yeah. a picture and, yeah. and uh, we had lots of like paint cans and just invited a lot of the local community and anyone who wanted to get involved in... Like either get on the ladder or paint it from the bottom, and uh, there was loads of people that turned up, like loads of kids and parents as well, and like it's just a great, a really great experience. And the road that's next to it, what's that road called? It's really, really busy, and so you just had like traffic jams of cars just going past. But seeing this amount of like joy that was being had yeah. and taking over this billboard, it was it was cool. It was really, really nice experience. I bet it was. Well, there's something about billboards, as you said. It is, it's that sort of corporate entity that this this really alien presence isn't it they don't they don't know the city they don't know those areas and all they want to do is make is, is sell us stuff and well, make us give them their money whereas what you were doing is so refreshing the thing about that that presence that corporate presence and it growing and one of the reasons we want to stop it growing is that what it treats us as is a consumer not a citizen and it leads us to believe that the only way that we have value is by buying things. And that is not what we want to see in our communities. We want to see trees, green space, no billboards and artwork that understands us and not to feel like the only way we have value is as someone who's buying something. That's really crucial to like how we feel in Abbott Bristol about the, what we're doing. And like walking, walking to even today, like walking here, like you see loads of like a lot of rubbish that's on the floor are all rubbish and packaging made from a lot of the things mm. that are being sold to us. They don't clean up the mess that they're selling mm. to us. Mm. And then it's sort of like all of the small businesses can't afford to be uh, like telling everybody local about the stuff that they do, like the local groceries and stuff like that. They don't have mm. the ability to mm. to have this domination that like mm. these companies do, mm. and so they don't have the you know the, it's 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 so unbalanced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm conscious that it, there may be people listening that think uh, who are thinking they'd love to have one of these community billboards mm. in their area. Is there anything people can do to try and turn one of the billboards over to them, as it were? Do you know? I think one of the big things is uh, become a member of Adblock, and okay. then uh, yeah, that's fair. one of the main ones. And then it's just bringing more people together, having more conversation, just gives us a, li- a lot more uh, connection and power within the, the community as well. Okay. Yeah, we would love to have more arts boards across the city, mm, and love people to get in touch, and we can work on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. brilliant. Okay, uh, so you, yes, there you go. If you, if if this is exciting you and you what you want to get involved. And, and change things in your area, then, yeah, join Adblock. Um, there is one more thing that I wanted to ask you about. Is it called Brandalize? Brandalism. 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 
Can you tell, 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 me, tell us what brandalism is? Uh, well, uh, brandalism's part of... Uh, there's a really big like, international push at the moment for, for anti-advertising that's going all across like, the world, basically, mm. from Argentina to Australia to across Europe uh, and across the UK. Um, and it's a it goes from a, it's a spectrum of different ways to approach uh, anti advertising, uh, and some of it is also with advertising. And uh, so, brandalism is one of quite a few different groups that uh, approach it in a, a very creative way that um, is answers back to corporate messaging in a way that uh, takes takes that space back and puts it puts something in its place that uh, puts like puts a political spotlight uh, on the, 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 the bad things that a lot of these big corporate companies have been doing. Um, a lot of it recently has been focused on uh, f- uh, fossil, uh, high-carbon high fossil yeah. adverts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen quite a lot of uh, moves and good things happening uh, in different places, like in Amsterdam and in, uh, in Sydney as well. And... Uh, where you know they've, they're, they're, there's a lot of different councils and governments that are trying to have agreed to ban these these uh, these high carbon products being advertised in local areas. Um, so yeah, brandalism is part of a really exciting part of a network of different uh, or mm-hmm. like uh, groups that are doing uh, more like active uh, creative behaviours. No, it's, well, the I guess the interlock between ad free cities and groups like brandalism is that we work on a policy level and a community level. We want to yeah, celebrate arts and nature, but we also work, for example, with councils to get bans on certain types of harmful adverts. And we're trying to do that at a national level as well. And a big focus now is that we don't think we should be seeing adverts for things like airlines, things like SUVs, mm. and things like fossil fuel companies. And advertising is also a massive space for greenwash, so we're thinking that those kind of polluting companies are better than they actually are. It's slowing down any climate action. And to stop that, we want to stop any adverts for those companies. And mm. that is what's happening, like, yeah, in, in Amsterdam, in The Hague, in actually in Norwich, um, Liverpool, North Somerset. There are councils across the UK and across the world who are taking that step to ban fossil fuel adverts. And that is something we want on a national level in the UK and also globally. But uh, part of that movement is not just the policy work, it's the work to kind of... Um, damage brand reputations, to point mm. out that BP's greenwashing, to mm. point out that they're squeezing their workers from every last drop of oil, to point out that working conditions are bad, to to have artworks that where you would have a... Subvertising is to subvert advertising. Yeah. A portmanteau is those words. It's detournement in French, to, to change an ad around so that it still looks slightly like an advert, but it's also... Um, uh, actually showing what that company yeah. is really doing, the reality behind yeah. the advert, and it makes you stop and double-check. Exactly, and it takes you happening. by surprise, mm. doesn't it? It's really clever. And to have those yeah. visual elements as part of mm. this wider political campaign is something brandalism is amazing at. And what, while Adblock Bristol doesn't do advertising, we like fully support advertising yeah. as a really important tactic. Yeah, it's just important to have these range of different tactics to, to, yeah. to, to approach with. Um, so yeah, yeah sure. it's it's yeah. it's it's cool, and it's actually Bristol's got a lot of it going on. I mean, mm. you, yeah. can, you sort of see quite a lot of it. It's re- I love it because it's just really funny. Yeah, it's it's great because it's refu- it, it just punctures the power yes. as well. That's what I really yeah. like. We spotted some really funny um, anti Black Friday subverts right. at, in bus stops on last last Friday. 
Yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. So if you spot any, let me know. Because <laughs> uh, I would like to, in fact, yeah, do get in touch. Because um, you can email us at studio at bcfmradio.com um, or you can text 6077 or WhatsApp is 07501. Eight two double o seven five. So yeah, if you spot any good ones, subverts—I don't know what you call them. Um, yeah, let me know. That'd be great. I'm conscious we are—we've only got about eleven minutes of the show left, if that. Um, so I think yeah, probably we might have to close this now, which is really annoying because I'd love to ask you loads of other stuff. Um, but yes, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this, and thank you for the work you're doing as well, because it's, it's, it is a lot of work, isn't it? There's a lot of areas, as you say, to cover. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. There's <laughs> good. a lot of way people can get involved. Honestly, it's it's okay. good. It's it's, like, it's a it's um, we're passionate about it, but we do have a lot of fun with it. This is Chris. I wanted to let you know um, about a fantastic charity in Sierra Leone that I've been working with called Rory's Well. We're taking part in the Big Give Christmas Challenge, which means that from today, the 29th of November, until Tuesday, the 6th of December, all donations that people make will be match funded by the Big Give. So every pound that anyone makes a donation of is doubled. We're raising money to expand our women's farming programme It's a complex story. Rory's Well works in Sierra Leone with local teams and rural communities. Sierra Leone is the seventh poorest country in the world and people here are subsistence farmers living on the edge of survival. The effects of deforestation, accelerating climate change and food insecurity are felt here the most. Since 2018, Rory's Well have empowered women to set up community farms. This supplements the family diet and income. But land has to be cleared using slash and burn methods and that has a devastating effect on global warming. On top of that, farmland only remains fertile for a couple of years. So we were determined to find an an alternative. Inga alley cropping is a form of agroforestry, which means the growing crops between rows of fast growing trees. It's been shown to increase soil fertility, increase crop yield and reduce the need to slash and burn. We want to expand our Inga project into all the existing farms and create new women's farms. The money will be used to raise new saplings for tools, seeds, grain stores, to build a core group of facilitators and improve long-term food security for over 5,000 people. Our aim is to feed the people, feed the soil and protect the forest. So if anyone would like to donate this week only and your donation will be doubled, then you can find out more on the Rory's Well website. That's R-O-R-Y-S-W-E-L-L dot org. Um, and, and it will send you to the Big Give link. Thanks so much. That's all for this week. Please do get in touch with me if you'd like me to play something on the show. I'm really happy to play voice messages from people elsewhere in the world, outside of Bristol, outside of the UK, um, telling our listeners what's happening in your area. Um, And if you're fighting to do something about it, then we'd like to know about that too. Um, So you can get in touch with me on either via BCFM 
or via onelove1planet at outlook.com. Thanks and see you next week.